26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Say, which is desert. Hallelujah. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, say, an eunuch. An eunuch of, say with me, great authority. Under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Y'all still there? Verse 28. He was returning and sitting in his chariot. He read Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah or Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer. So opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? Say with me his generation. For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Now I want you to notice something, verse 38 again. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Verse 37, and Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, say all thine heart, there's a passion involved, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is what? The Son, the Son of God. That just jumped off the page to me. Say with you. Me, the Son of God. Now, that's interesting because you have in this verse, generation. Who shall declare his generation? Verse 33. And then you have in verse 37, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God or the generation of God. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Y'all got the text? Pretty much, do you remember what we read? 
Very important. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you right now for your awesome name, power, strength, victory, your word today. You are holy. You are righteous. You are glorious in might and power. I thank you today, Jesus, that before me, God, stands the seed of God, the generation of God, sons of God. I give you glory and honor and praise for what you are going to do here today in advance before I see it with my eyes physically, before I experience it in my mind mentally, in the spirit, Lord God, I praise you right now in spirit and in truth. In the name of Jesus, I will not go by my feelings. I will not just go by what my mind tells me, but I will be led by your spirit today. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Now give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Glory to your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Say with me, a passion for generation. A passion for generation. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. A passion for the seed. You are, if you are born again, you are sons of God. Which gives women sometimes a problem. Because they look at each other and they say, how can I be a son? Isn't that a male thing? But see, in the kingdom of God, there's neither in Jesus Christ, there is neither male nor female. So when you study the scripture, you need to understand that there are things that are said about us spiritually, soul, and body. Now, you women can't be a son in body. But you can be a son in spirit. Because in Christ, there's neither male nor female. So when I talk about sons, I talk about generation today. I'm not talking about your body. I'm talking about your spirit. This man was a eunuch. And pretty much everybody knows what a eunuch is, right? In the Word of God, it's, it's translated different ways. One is officer or an official so you can be an, a, a eunuch and not be castrated. Now, I'm, I'm among mature people, aren't I, today? And I'm going to give you some very mature things today. A eunuch primarily was a castrated man. You understand that? So if he was castrated, then he could not produce seed or could not produce generation. But the Word of God also calls eunuchs uh, an official or an officer. You could be a eunuch, an official, or an officer, and not be castrated. There's a point in that, all right? That is Bible. But and you need to study the Word to find that out. But anyway, this man was a eunuch, the Scripture says, which means that he could not produce seed. He was castrated without the ability to produce seed. And because he was something wrong with his uh, <clears throat> bodily function there he could not enter into the temple of God let's go to the word of God and see some things here go with me to Deuteronomy now I, I, this is going to be heavy for some of you if I can get this across to your spirit though it will change your life a passion for the seed you got that okay De Deuteronomy 23 Go there. Give you some foundation here. Deuteronomy 23 and verse 1. He that is wounded in the stones 
or hath his private member cut off, shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. So this eunuch, the Bible said, he has traveled from Ethiopia. He is a eunuch of Ethiopia. It doesn't say he's an Ethiopian eunuch. It says he's a eunuch of Ethiopia. Now, that's important because Acts 10, do you not understand that Acts 10 was the first time that Gentiles came into the kingdom? In the Word of God, you have Jew, Gentiles, Samaritans. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. You with me here? Praise God. In the book of Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles come into the kingdom. But in Acts 8, we have a eunuch of Ethiopia. If he was a Gentile, then Gentiles would have come into the kingdom before Acts 10. Now, I'll just give that to you. I'll just throw that out there. The Bible doesn't say he was an Ethiopian eunuch. He was a eunuch of Ethiopia, which lets me know I believe that he was Jewish. Not a Gentile. First Gentiles come in Acts chapter 10. Now, he goes up to Jerusalem from Ethiopia. He is a eunuch of uh, a treasurer of one Candace, queen of Ethiopia. So he is a man of great authority, as the Bible says. Great position here. He's over basically the finances of the kingdom. And so he is a eunuch. He doesn't flirt with the queen. But there's a problem. Because when he goes up to Jerusalem to worship, he can't get into the temple. Because he's been wounded in his stones. And as he would walk up into the court of the women, and just before he would go further in progression into the temple to worship God, there would be a man there, a master of arms, who would physically inspect him to check and see if his private parts were still there, if his stones were able to produce seed. So he was physically, literally checked by the master of arms to see whether or not he could progressively go into the temple of God. But when this eunuch of Ethiopia got to Jerusalem to worship God, the master of arms checked him out and said, You can't go any further, sir, because the Bible says in Deuteronomy 23, verse 1, our text today, that if you are wounded in the stones, you cannot enter into the temple of God. So that leaves this man out as far as his ability to approach God further into the temple of God. Now, this is heavy. Go with me, Leviticus 20, uh, 21. Pray. Hallelujah. How many of y'all came to hear the word of God today? Amen. Leviticus 21. <coughs> 21. Now, in this passage, it lists various people who could not uh, be a part of the priesthood. If they had certain blemishes in their body. Deuteronomy 23 verse 1 I read to you. That if any man had his private parts cut off. Or if his stones uh, were something wrong with them. Then he could not go up into the temple. And a priest could not minister. If he had the same problem. Now watch verse 21. No man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron. The priest shall come nigh to the offerings of the Lord made by fire. He hath a blemish. He shall not come to offer the bread of his God. Verse 20. If he is crook-backed or dwarf or hath a blemish in his eye or scurvy or scabbed or hath his stones broken. 
So this, the Bible, the Old Testament, limits people with certain physical blemishes in their body from worshiping God. And one of them has to do with being castrated or being a eunuch, etc. So when we come to the book of Acts then, this eunuch is reading Isaiah 53. And he comes across this passage. And he's very, very interested in this passage. Because he being a eunuch is reading about a eunuch. But not a eunuch in body and not a eunuch in soul, but a body, a, a eunuch in spirit. So he's reading about Jesus. Jesus is a, is a spiritual eunuch. Doesn't mean that physically his body, there was something wrong with his body physically. But spiritually, Jesus, when he was in this world, did not have a natural generation. He did not get married and produce natural seed. And so he's reading this prophet Isaiah, and he's very interesting because he went up to worship God in Jerusalem, and he could only go so far because in his physical body, he couldn't go further in the temple. Hallelujah. Because the Word of God forbid it. Are you with me? And not only that, but he doesn't have a generation as a eunuch. He doesn't have seed. He doesn't have children walking around. Are, are you with me here? So he's very interested in this. Go to Isaiah 53. That is where he's reading here. Wow. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all pray for me. I got so much in me right now. Watch Isaiah 53. Watch what happens here. Now, this is the area that the eunuch is reading from in the prophet Isaiah, Old Testament. In Isaiah 53, we'll go slow enough for hopefully you can follow me this morning. Verse 1, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now go to 56 and 4, Isaiah 56, 4. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths and those that choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenants. What does it say about him? Even unto them will I give in my house within my walls a place, a name better than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be what? Cut off. Now look at verse 3. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying... The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuchs say, Behold, I am a what? Dry tree. So go back to 53 again. Who hath believed I reported? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? This is the passage that the eunuch is reading. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. So the scripture says, Don't, Let not the eunuchs say that I am uh, from the dry ground. So when we read Isaiah 53, this is a eunuch passage. It's about Jesus. So this eunuch, man, he is really interested in here right now. Because he doesn't have a name. He doesn't have a seed. He doesn't have a place in the kingdom of God. Because of his physical problem here. And now he's reading about another man. He doesn't know if it's Isaiah or if it's another man that Isaiah is making reference to. 
And so Philip preaches from this very passage. Who? Jesus. So that Jesus is a spiritual eunuch. The Bible says that he's a root out of dry ground. And then he says in verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him, what? Stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Now, you remember Acts 8? That's what the eunuch was reading. We, we have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison. Wow. From prison. Well, that would get the eunuch's attention. Because the eunuch, most of the eunuchs were taken from debtor's prisons. And from debtor's prison, they would be placed in the palace to minister to the queen. So he's reading this. And all these terms and words are just jumping off the page to him. So he wants to know who this is about. You with me here? He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation or his seed? For he was cut off. Even that term cut off. has got that man's attention. Out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. So that before he brought natural generation into this earth. Uh, he was cut off. From the land of the living. Are you with me here? Wow. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bring him. He hath to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. What? He shall see his seed. But how can he see seed if he's cut off before he has natural seed? He's going to see his seed spiritually. Wow, this is awesome, man. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. Say great. We talked about last week that God... Wants you to be great. He's got a plan in order for that to happen. Persecution or abasement and abundance. But he wants you to be great. And so the Bible says, watch this. Praise God. Verse, verse 12. Therefore I divide him my portion with the great. Who is that? That's the church. That is the church. He's going to divide his portion with the great. He should divide the spoil with the strong. Hello, that's you. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Isn't it interesting in the next verse? Single barren, thou that didst not hear, break forth into singing. Cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. 
For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Look at verse 12 of 54. I will make thy windows of agates and thy gates of carbuncles and all thy borders of pleasant what? Stones. Talking about not just physical stones here, but it's talking about the man there. And all thy children. Wow, there's going to be children here. Shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy what? Children. He's talking to eunuchs here. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created, created the waster to destroy. He's created the devil. The waster to destroy. He created him to destroy him. But not just that. He created the enemy for a purpose. You get this? He created the enemy for a purpose. Not just everything that's good. But the God created some things. The Bible says he created evil. Now I'm not going to get into that. That's different different area. But anyway the Bible said he created the waster to destroy. That is powerful. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every time that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Okay, let's go to Psalm 82. Get some of this reading behind this here. Psalm 82. God standeth in the congregation of the what? The mighty. Remember Isaiah 53, what I just read to you. He judgeth among the gods. Psalm 82.1. I know some of this is new, but just, just follow along here with me. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor, the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk in, on, in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods. Or you are Elohim. With me here? Who's he talking to? He's talking to men. I said, you are gods. Or you are Elohim. Or literally, you are creators. Just hang with me. I know this is blowing your mind, but just... I've got to give you this scripture before I can preach it to you. You are God, so you are Elohim, or you are creators. You have the ability to come together as man and wife and produce seed. You have the ability to create things with your hands, buildings, structures. You have ability to create things with your mind, music, books. You are a creator. You are created in the image of God. You are not the creator, but you are a creator. You are Elohim. Watch this. Are y'all with me still to this point? Why? Because you are sons of God. You are created in His image. The word created really shouldn't have the ED on the end of it. Because it has a, a thought that you, you were created. Or when Adam was created, at that time he was created in the image of God. It's really ongoing. It's not in the past. God is creating. 
man in his image. It's an ongoing process. So when he says you are God, you are Elohim, you are creators, praise God. And you are progressively becoming more like God. You're going from infancy to childhood, from childhood to teenagehood, from teenagehood to adulthood, and then full-grown sons. So there is a process of the seed of God growing. Now, you need to have a passion for not only becoming a child of God, but maturing in that process until you are created in His very image, till you become mature sons. So there should be a passion, not just to be saved, but a passion to mature. Now, we'll put this together for you. Here we go. He says this. Verse 6, I have said, ye are Elohim. Now, in the, in the New Testament English translation, it's God's, little g. But in the Hebrew, it's Elohim. Elohim is the name of the creator God. So when he calls you gods, he's saying you are creators. You are creators. Now, when the New Test in the New Testament, when the scribes and Pharisees, etc., would not accept the fact that Jesus claimed to be God... He said, don't you remember in the scripture in the Old Testament, I said that ye are gods. So if I said you're gods, then how come it's hard for you to accept the fact that I'm God? Now, he is the one true God. I'm not talking about that you are God like God. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying. You're not God, but you are like God. You are creators. You are Elohim. You are created, are being created in the image of God. You are progressively manifesting God. Because if you're a son, then you have the character of the Father. And sons manifest the fathers in this earth. So you have the character of the Father. And you have the authority of the Father. I'm talking about God. If you are the seed of God. I'm talking about this in a spiritual sense. Woo, praise God. So he said, you are God's Elohim. That's the name of the one true God of the Bible in creation. And the one true God of the Bible in creation, Elohim, the word Elohim is neither male nor female. It is neither male nor female. Praise God. So when I talk to you about being creators or Elohim, I'm not talking about male or female here. I'm talking about spiritually, you are the generation of God. You are the sons of God. God called Adam a son. And because of that, you manifest the character of your father and the authority of your father in this earth. Wow. Now watch this. He said, you are God's. And all of your children, all of you are children of who? Of the Most High. You are children of El Elyon. That is powerful. You are the children of the Most High God. You are the children of the throne room. Help me, Jesus. Let me explain to you something right now. I won't just, I'm going to give it to you. If you're confused, you're confused. But I have to understand, you have to understand some things about God. God wants a seed in the earth. 
He wants a spiritual generation in the earth. He wants sons in this earth. But when he looks at us, he says this. He says, you are Elohim, you are creators, but you are children of El Elyon. You are, listen to me, he doesn't say you're the children of Elohim, your creator. He said, you're the children of El Elyon, the most high God. Now, you got to get that. See, you, you're not going to understand uh, uh, some of these things, ever, everything to begin with. But anyway, look at your neighbor and say, I'm a child of the Most High God. But let me just talk a little bit about the names of God. Elohim is the name for God in creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Or in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is not male or female. God in the first part of your Bible was known as El Shaddai. El Shaddai Shad is a word that means big breasted. So God El Shaddai or Almighty God was the breasted one. One who provided. One who cares. And one who nourishes his people. So God is given an attribute of a female. Are you here? So at the first part of your Bible, you'll read God is El Shaddai. He is the nurturer. He's the provider. He's the caregiver to his people. That's who he is in his nature, all right? And then uh, later in the book of Exodus, you will find in Exodus chapter 6 that God becomes Yahweh. Yahweh primarily speaks to God as father over the nation of Israel. I said as father over the nation of Israel. That's why when Jesus came in the New Testament, they didn't recognize who he was because they knew God as Yahweh, the God as Father, the God of power. Come on, somebody. The God of judgment, the God of law. But the Bible said Jesus was the son of who? It doesn't say Jesus was the son of Yahweh. It says that Jesus was the son of Eliyahu, the son of the Most High. The Holy Ghost shall overshadow you. You shall be with child. He shall be the son of the Elion, the Most High God. Now that's important because Elion speaks to of what? It speaks of mercy. It speaks of life. It speaks of love. It speaks of ruling. And that's the way he came. But the Jews, because they were so caught up in the law, Yahweh God, they missed the fact that he was El Elyon, God of mercy, God of grace, God of love, God of light. Now watch. In Elohim, God who is not a gender in that name, you have uh, the El Shaddai, the provider, the breasted one, coming there. I'm talking about his attributes here. Coming there with Yahweh in the beginning, in his attributes as Yahweh and El Shaddai, as father and as mother, if you will. Oh, I know that's hard for you to get. Mother and father in him. And so Elohim with Yahweh and with El Shaddai together in his attributes. He says, let there be. So he's acting as a mother and he's acting as a father in creation. 
or say with me generation creation is generation and then you have another name for God Eloah Eloah is the life power force it's the power of God in movement it's in connection with the Holy Ghost so the way the Elohim, the creator, created the heavens and the earth is when father, his attribute is father, and his attribute as mother came together and said, let there be. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. And when the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, he was acting as Eloah, the God in movement. And the gosh, he's, he's acting like the Holy Ghost. Moving among men. Are you with me here? Who give God praise. But the Bible says about Jesus that he's not just a son of Yahweh. He's not just a son for Israel. He is El Yalyon, most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. He's not just the God of Israel. Yahweh was primarily given to Israel. I can prove it by the word of God. But Elyon, as Elyon, he set the boundaries or the habitation for the whole world. And as Elyon, he is possessor of heaven and earth. Praise the Lord. Give God praise. So, Israel didn't understand that. They just knew him primarily as Yahweh. Now, get this, would you please? Primarily as Yahweh, a God of judgment, a God of law. Come on. Not the God who came really just to save uh, uh, other nations, but the God that was primarily for them. But Jesus came as the son of Elijah, possessor of heaven and earth, ruling over two realms. I said ruling over two realms. You need to know that you are sons of Elyon because he is possessor of heaven and earth, which means when you've got a need in this earth realm, then you need to pray to God as Elyon. Now, all these names, El Yon, Elohim, Yahweh, and Eloah, El Shaddai, they are in the name of Jesus. But you need to understand when you pray, if you have a need in this earth, because he is Elyon, possessor of heaven and earth, then you need to understand that Jesus is Elyon, the son of Elyon, which means this, that when you pray and you've got a need, go to him as Elyon. Go to him as the most high God. That's why it's important for us to have preached to you for three years about uh, the most holy place. That there's the outer court holy place and most holy place. You need to know God as the King of kings and Lord of lords. The one sitting up upon the throne. The most high God. And when you pray to him that way, you will see things happen in the earth. Because he is not just possessor of heaven, but he's the possessor of the earth. Say praise the Lord. That's why when Jesus came, now I'll get back to the, to the eunuch, I promise you. But that's why when Jesus came, whenever he came up to the demoniac, the demoniac was possessed with spirits. And they adjured him by God, which means they adjured him by Elohim. The creator God who created the waster to destroy him. 
they adjured him by God or really what they were saying is God limit what Jesus is saying because we are created by you to do a job did you get that but the Bible said that he is the son of who? El Elyon. So when he cast the devils out, the devils have to submit to him as the son of El Elyon. And he being the most high God, they have to submit to him. Listen to me, because God as creator did create them. And they're assuring that creation. I'm here for a reason. I'm here to do a job here. And, and I was placed here by Elohim. To do that job. But they recognized there was a higher level of authority in the nature of God. And that was El Elyon. And they recognized that Jesus as the son of El Elyon. Oh come on it's not that difficult. As the son of El Elyon the most high God had power and authority over them in their creation. So when you pray for somebody, if you understand that Jesus is El Elyon, the Most High God, the God of the Most Holy Place, the God of the Holy of Holies, if you understand that when you've got a need in the earth, that He is over the both realms, heaven and earth, and that He is not just Elohim, creator of good and evil, but He is in control of both realms. When you pray that way, then in this earth, things begin to take place. So that devils flee apace not because he is Elohim they flee from your presence because Jesus is the son of Elion, the most high God. So that's why you need to understand this dimension we've been preaching for three years about. The most high God or the holy of holies where he is possessor of heaven and earth. King of righteousness. Melchizedek. King of righteousness. King of Salem or Jerusalem. King of peace. Ruling in two realms. That is the way you get things to happen in the earth now I hope you understand that that in Jesus he is El Shaddai he is your breasted one he's the one that nourishes you in Jesus he is Elohim your creator in Jesus he is Yahweh your lawgiver and your judge but in Jesus he is a son of specifically El Yelion the most high God because in that rank he has authority in both realms and when you walk in this earth you can cast out devils in the name of Jesus because you know El Elyon is in the name of Jesus you can't cast out devils because you know the name of Elohim is in the name of Jesus the name of the creator is in the name of Jesus but the, the fact that you know that El, Elo, El Elyon is in the name of Jesus that's how you cast them out because the devils will stand up and talk to you and say hey I was created by Elohim what gives you power and they will adjure God to shut us up and to limit us as to what we can do with them because they were created by God to do a job so I don't try to cast the devil out in the name of Elohim or the attribute in the name of Jesus, yes. But in the attribute of Elohim, the creator God, I cast out devils knowing that Jesus is the most high God. Get out of her in the name of Jesus. Talking to a spirit. I know you were created by Elohim. And that's why you're here and you have a certain authority to be here because of that creation. But remember, Jesus is the son of Elohim. He's the son of the most high God. And on that authority, I cast you out. Now, but he doesn't just say that about Jesus. Psalm 82. Give God praise. That's why when Jesus came, 
They tried to shut him up into the law of the Old Testament. But he, not come, he didn't come to be shut up in the law of the Old Testament. He came to fulfill it. In fact, the word he says, I didn't come to abolish it. That word simply means this. I didn't come to be a guest in it. I didn't come to be a guest in the law. I didn't come just to house temporarily in the law. I came to fulfill it. You got to see this. But Israel could not and did not see that. That's why in Acts 7 they were having so much problem. With Stephen's preaching about the temple, the physical structure coming down. And all the ceremonial law coming down. And if you don't believe me, look at Daniel. Daniel primarily focuses on Elion. Not Yahweh. You know why? Because they can't fulfill the feast. In a foreign land. In the land of Gentiles. They can't fulfill the feast. They can't go up to the temple. So primarily in Daniel, now Daniel's got to shift gears and call upon God as Elion, the Most High God, God over all nations. Even Nebuchadnezzar recognized he's the God over all nations. So now they've shifted gears. They've moved from a concept of Yahweh to a concept of the Most High God. I'm talking about a Jew. That's where they were having problems when Jesus came. They couldn't shift gears. They could not change. They, did, they could not believe that Jesus was going to do away with the priesthood of Aaron. And bring in a Melchizedek priesthood. Priest of the Most High God. Possessor of heaven and earth. They couldn't believe that. Getting the point? And not only a, a new priesthood, but changed the law altogether. That's what Hebrews said. Changed the law altogether. Changed their system of worship. Changed the law together. They did not understand that he was El Elyar, the son of El Elyar. You got the point? When I talk about Yahweh to you, it's primarily Yahweh speaks of Israel's God. I could prove it by the Bible. By his name Yahweh, he was not known to them until you get to Exodus chapter 6 when he's given the law to them. Well, what about Genesis chapter 2 where it talks about where one of the words is translated as uh, Yahweh there in Genesis 2. In the very beginning of the book, we have him called Yahweh. And then Exodus 6, it says, by his name Yahweh, he was not known by them. Then how come you have, now this has been explained by certain people to believe that, yeah, well, they just didn't know him in that attribute, but he was, his, his name was there in Genesis, but they just didn't know him in that attribute. But the Bible says, by his name, Yahweh, he was not known by them, which means this, and this is going to really shake you up, but that's all right. The, the uh, scribes, is Jewish scribes put into the text the name of Yahweh out of place. Now, some of you are going to say that, well, but Pastor, are you saying there's something wrong with the Word of God? There is nothing wrong with the original Word of God. But in case you don't know it, this is a translation of the original Word of God. That's why you've got to do word studies. Because you're reading Lord here, you're reading God here, all these various names. And, it, you know, just like I read this passage here, you got, you got the different names of God. But in the English text, it could be Lord, God. We don't know what the names were in the English you getting the point here? So translation loses much. And sometimes, oh, you're not getting this. 
scribes and people who translate the Bible will insert certain things. But God then later says, by my name, Yahweh, I was not known by them. Wow, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? Until Exodus 6. Then he is known as Yahweh, the God of Israel, the lawgiver to Israel. But to you and me, he is known as Elion, the son of the Most High God, the son over all nations. If you could get this, when you walk in this earth realm, if you understand who Jesus is, sometimes you need to call the name of Jesus to be Yahweh. You need him to come and exercise law and correction and take care of things. But sometimes you need to understand that he's Elion. He need to take care of your need right here in this realm too. And devils are subject to, to you through his name, not Elohim, but the name of Elion that's in the name of Jesus. Got it? Now someday, sometime, I, I, will, I would like to just sit down and go through with you the names of God and spend about 10 weeks with you. I spent 17 hours yesterday studying just the names of God. Because you need to understand that when we talk about seed here, God is El Shaddai, mother. And God is Yahweh, father. In Elohim, bringing creation. But he is El Elyon, ruling over all things, heaven and earth. You got me here so far? Bringing love, bringing light, bringing salvation, bread and wine, provision for the body, provision for the spirit. You need to understand. That's why sometimes, especially preachers, are, are caught between two fires. The fire of should I judge or should I show mercy? Should I exercise condemnation? Or should I exercise mercy? The caught between those two fires are being too hard or too easy. And sometimes God comes and speaks to our church as Yahweh, the lawgiver in condemnation and judgment. But most often he will come as the God of Elion, most high God with bread and wine in his hands. God of love, God of light, God of salvation, God of redemption. So far, then how am I supposed to respond? As far as I'm concerned, I need to get a hold of the spirit of the law. And I need to walk in the spirit of the law. But as far as you're concerned, I've got to walk in the spirit of El Elyon. As far as you're concerned, I've got to walk in mercy and love and grace and, and forgiveness. If you could just get this, see. But every once in a while, he'll... So he was the seed of God, Jesus. You are the seed of God. How are you the seed of God? Not just by creation, but by spiritual rebirthing, spiritual regeneration. Say a, a passion for generation. Not just physical creation, but spiritual creation. Spir oh, yeah. Give God a hand clap praise. So verse 6 of Psalm 82, he said, I have said, you are gods. And all of, your ch all of you children of who? He doesn't say you're the children of Elohim, 
the God of physical creation, but you are the, the children of El El Yon, the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. Savior, not just for Israel, but Savior for all nations. Give God praise. But the way that he did that was because when he came, he did not produce a physical generation. He was looking for a spiritual seed. Give God a hand clap of praise. So that's got this eunuch's interest here. Because he can't go into the physical temple of God. He really don't have a name. He's a eunuch. He can't produce natural seed. And so he wants to know who's this talking about? This eunuch here. The Bible says at 53, he said he'd grow up before him as a tender plant and a root out of dry ground. That's eunuch talk. The Bible says he's going to take, be taken from the prison. He shall declare his generation, for he was cut off out of the land of the living. Now, why? For the transgression of people was he stricken. You with me here? Praise God. Yet, verse 10, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see what? His seed. I'm looking at you. You are the offspring of God Almighty. Not just by creation. Elohim the creator. But by Elion. By the new creation or the new birth. Spiritually you are the seed of God. Hallelujah. If you're born again. Wow. So if I understand that. I know I've been created by God. He's my El Shaddai. He's my breasted one. My provider. He is Yahweh, the lawgiver to me. He is El Elyon, possessor of heaven and earth. Oh, through that name, I exercise authority over demon powers. And through that name, I can get my needs met in the earth realm. But if you don't know that, you just got a certain revelation of the name. You go up there and, and you think, the God of creation. I'm going to cast out that devil and the God of creation. What are you talking about? They're going to look at you and say, hey, we were created for a purpose just like you. This will change your life. It will, if, if you can, I know, I don't, some of you don't even understand why I'm preaching this. But if you can get a hold of this, it will change the direction of this church. It will change your direction in life. Because when I start praying in the name of Jesus, but the son of Elion or Elion, the most high God. If I've got a need for this church, has a need for physical things, structures, whatever. I can pray in the name of Jesus. He can take care of it in a moment. But if I'm praying just in the name of creation, Elohim, you with me? Or just El Shaddai, my nourisher, my breasted one, you with me here? Or if I'm praying in the name of Jesus, a God of judgment and law, then that's why a lot of things don't happen in the earth because we don't have a revelation of generation. We don't have an understanding that the attribute of, or He as Elohim, we are sons of God, as in His attribute, we are sons of Elohim, most high. Give God praise. Go with me, please. Hallelujah. We go to, Ma uh, to Revelation 2. Watch this. I'm not trying to show you that I can preach good. I'm trying to give you a message. 
that if you can get it, you'll understand Old Testament and New Testament. You'll understand Israel and Gentiles. You'll understand the church and its purpose. It's not to try to go back under the ceremonial. He didn't come as the son of Yahweh. He came as the son of Elion, the Most High God. But Israel was so caught up in him as Yahweh, they missed him coming as Elion. One who's offering salvation, forgiveness, light, love, and life. Are y'all getting this just a little bit? Yes. Revelation 2, let's go there. Woo, shalababa. Woo, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Verse 17 He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto who? The churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, save he that receiveth it. The manna was located where? Was it located in the outer court? Was it located in the holy place? Or was it located in the most holy place, in the ark? It was located in the most holy place. There is a maturing process that's going on. I have been birthed. I'm an infant, so I know him as El Shaddai, my provider. As I grow and I grow and I grow, then I begin to recognize him as a teenager. I need a lawgiver. I need a pedagogos. I need somebody that will teach me. Let the law be my teacher to lead me to Christ. So I go from an infant, El Shaddai. He's my, oh, he's my provider. He's my nurturer. Hallelujah. And then, but uh, remember, watch this. Remember the Jewish young man? At a certain point in his life, he left the side of his mama. And he went to the side of his daddy. And he became a son of the law at the age of 13. He became a son of Yahweh. At the beginning of his, listen, you can follow this in, as a nation. Israel was his infant. And then when they got to Mount Sinai, they became sons of the law. Now they know him as Yahweh. But before that, Exodus 6 passage, all that before that, he was known as El Shaddai. Because he is taking care of infants. But when he gets into Mount Sinai, the giving of the law, he becomes Yahweh. So that now Israel is leaving the side of the mother attribute of God and moving to the father-law side of the attribute of God as a son. But listen to me. That is not the end of your maturity. You go from there to a full grownness. And a full grownness speaks that you are no longer just seeing God as your mother nourishing you or as God your lawgiver laying down the law. Mama gave me commands, but Father put down the law. But I don't just see God as my nourisher or my lawgiver now. I am moving in maturity and I'm growing up in Him, which is the head. I'm moving into most high are literally listen to me this is going to blow your mind the word most high literally means the head it's maturity 
So I could talk to every one of you the same thing right now. I don't know, man. When you first come to church, you are infants. Get born again in the kingdom. You are born in the kingdom. And you are infants. And your relationship with God is primarily one of, He cares for me. He's the breasted one. He's like a mother to me. Nourishing me. He's El Shaddai. And as you mature a little bit, hello. See, mother gave you commands, but then, then as you mature, you become a son. You, change, you leave the, the side of the mother, and you move to the side of the father, and the father lays down the law. Now, he, the way he does that is he uses men of God to do that. So when you first come in the kingdom, we recognize that you're a little child, an infant that needs to be nourished and cared for. Your diapers change, your, you know. Pacifier in the mouth, warm the milk. <clears throat> we know that. But if you're, Hebrews says this, Paul says this, if you're still like this after a long time. <laughs> when you should be, uh, you know, eating strong meat. You're still milk. You're still on the milk. You're still babies. You know, a 30-year-old man sitting in a high chair don't look too good. So at some point, you got to leave the side of the, just seeing God as your mother, your caregiver, your nurser. you got to see that He's your lawgiver also. Hallelujah. Mama gave you commands, but Daddy sets the law down. Notice what I'm telling you. Mama say, over and over and over the same thing. Over and over and over the same thing. Don't do this, do this, do this. 500 times in a day, she about loses her mind giving the same command. But Daddy walks in and says, this is a law. At some point, everything that mama was telling that little boy or girl, doesn't matter, we're talking about spiritual here. I'm showing you things. At some point, daddy says, mama's been commanding you long enough. Now I'm going to lay the law down. (laughs) And if you do this again, you shall be punished. Time for talking is over with. So for a while, you know, that the, God appears to you in, in the house of God as a mother, caring and nourishing you and changing your diapers and all of that, you know, giving you pacifiers. And, and it has nothing to do with age. And, you know, that over and over and over, God says, now, come on, you're not supposed to do that. Come on, you're supposed to do this. Come on. Don't you know you're supposed to bring your tithe? Come on, bring your tithe. Hat stands up there as a nurturing, nurturing mama, you know. Come on, you're supposed to do this. Supposed to, don't you know by now that you're supposed to do that? And you got a lot of mercy there. You know what I'm saying? And, oh, well, they're just babies. They just can't get it. So we just keep telling them and telling them and telling them. Now you're supposed to live holy. You know that. Now you know you're not supposed to do that. Oh, I know I told you last week, but I got to tell you again because right now I got to be to you as a mother. But at some point, when you've been in the house long enough, then the daddy, father comes in and sets the law down and says, This! Is the way walk ye in it, and if you don't, there will be consequence. Right. 
But prayerfully and hopefully, there will come a time when you're not just a son of the law. But you mature, you're growing in maturity, and you're, oh, wow, the love, mercy, grace of God, and getting an understanding of the godness of God, His highness, praise God, maturing it. You with me here on this stuff? So that we don't always have to command you, command you, command you, and then lay the law down on you and bust you hide when you. But pretty soon you're kind of out there and you got maturity going on, you know. Hallelujah. But there's always going to be mama always. She can be 90 years old, but she's always going to tell the 60-year-old son what to do. That's that mama nature. Now, father nature is going to rise up and lay down the law, you know. But at some point you have to recognize the maturity of your sons. That that has brought them to Christ. So that we don't have to stand up all the time. Preaching new rules. Rules all the time. To help you understand spiritual maturity. Say a passion for generation. But the generation is not just El Shaddai passion for just my birthing. But it is El Elyon, sons of El Elyon, the generation of El Elyon, a people who have matured into that maturation, a mature people in God, so that they can be what? The whole creation groaneth and travaileth until now. What for? Desiring to see the manifestation of the sons of God. And the word sons of God means mature sons. Mature sons are the only ones that manifest the Father's character and the Father's authority. Baby Christians don't manifest the glory. Teenagers don't manifest the glory. It's those sons who've grown up in him, matured in him, who are mature sons that manifest earlier yawn. Not everybody's manifesting the glory because they can't. Because they're at different stages in their experience with God. Give God praise. That's why Hebrews 6 talks about all of these basic principles, ABCs of your faith. But then he says, let us go on to what? Perfection. Fullness or completion. Maturity. Don't throw away the ABCs. Don't throw away El Shaddai. Don't throw away Yahweh. But move into perfection. The God of completion. The God of fullness. The God of maturity. So you don't always have to be commanded over and over and over and have the law laid down to you over and over and over. But you're maturing now. And you're going, on, going up and you understand that you are in generation, a passion for generation. That you are not just passionate for your salvation. But you are passionate for your maturity in God. Say, God, I need to grow up. And the reason for the fivefold ministry is what for? That you might grow up in Him or into Him. That's the reason why the fivefold ministry is so we could grow you up. Praise God. I'm excited. Now look, I don't look at you as babies. I don't, I'm moving from a place where I'm not just looking at you as sons of the law. 
I'm moving in a place where I've been trying to preach for three years. And some of you just think, well, he don't have nothing else to preach. But I've been preaching the finished work for about three years now. The Most High God. The Most High God is the God of redemption. I can prove it by the book of Hebrews. It is the God of the blood. And we've been preaching that so that we can grow up in Him. And not just be babies loving mama. And not just be sons loving the law. But we can grow up in Him, praise God. Mature sons. So what for? That we can manifest Him in this earth. As being a man child. A mature son. Then manifest what? The character of the father. So that's what was interesting. This, this eunuch man. He's, he's interested in generation. Not just birthing. But maturity. And that's why he says. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. Are you getting this? Now, I'm not saying Jesus. Oh, I'm not going to go there because he's getting a picture now. He wants to know. Whew. Who is this one talking about? And so we go over here and now we see because we're connected to him by rebirth, but also by maturity. You ever wondered why the world I've almost through? I about bored you to tears this morning. But if you ever wondered, you know, you got saved, praise God, 30 years ago. <laughs> Bless your little heart. And so now you're just going to come and sit on a pew and just die and go to glory. What usefulness is in that? He's the God of the Lion. He wants to manifest himself not just in the spirit realm, the heavenlies, but also in the earth realm. You are here to mature in God. To you get to a point where everybody sees Jesus. That you are manifesting Jesus. Your spirit when you got saved was immediately regenerated and saved. But your soul, your mind is being saved. If you, don't, if you think when you got the Holy Ghost your, mind, your soul got saved, why are you still having bad thoughts? Because your soul is being saved. And your body will be glorified. So there's going to come a time where, yeah, my spirit's saved. But at some point, my soul is going to be saved. And then at some point, my body's going to be glorified. Which means I'm going to manifest the glory of God. And overcome death. So I got born again. I got saved. Praise God. 22 years ago, you know. How is my birthday? It's a true birthday. And for 22 years, I've been maturing. And I have passed through those progressions. Seeing Daddy as my nursery. Remember when you first came to the kingdom of God? Oh, my. You were just in love with Mama. Just like my little boy. Come here. I, I walk over there as the father. Come here, son. Let me hold you. No, Daddy. I don't want you. No one. I don't want nothing to do with you, Daddy. Hallelujah. Man, you lay down the law around here. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with you. Mama, 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 
Give it time now. In a little while, you're going to begin to see more of me and Jeremiah. Because there's going to come a time when you're going to manifest the character of daddy and the authority of daddy. Right now, mama, mama, mama. Sometimes I think that's manifesting daddy too. But. but as he grows up, just like Israel passed through those progressions with God, just like we passed through those progressions with God, at some point, I don't want to keep him in my house. I don't want to be providing for him and, and paying his electric bill and, 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 and paying his car payment and paying his insurance. Uh, you know, at some point, he needs to understand he's got a responsibility to take care of some things in his own house. So at some point, we'll have to keep saying, now, come on, pay your tithes, break your tithes, break your tithes. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You're supposed to serve the kingdom of God. You know, help me. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Live holy, live holy. Oh, pray God. Sometime you grow up. Some point, you know what? You're out there and you're responsible. You're responsible. So our whole purpose is to train you up, to grow you up, so you can learn to be responsible in the kingdom of God. And the more we grow, okay, the more we manifest the character of our Father and the authority of our Father. That's why there's certain people who have a lot of, you, you can see Jesus in them, the character in them. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus. So you see certain people, they got a lot of, a lot of fruit in there. And they, man, for years they've been one with Jesus. They got, you know, more fruit than other people as far as fruit of the Spirit go character. And then others you will notice that they have authority in God. Why? Because they are maturing in God. That's why there's different levels in the kingdom of God. I write unto you children. I write unto you young men. I write unto you fathers. And that has nothing to do with age. It's a passion for generation. It is a maturing process. And when you mature, then you manifest more the authority and character of your Father. Say with me, Jesus. Are you getting the point? That's why you see certain men have more authority than other men. Certain men have more character than other men. I'm talking about not gender here. Men or women. Because they, their maturity level is higher. Give God praise. So that God's going to have a people who are a passion for generation. Not just natural creation. And not just rebirth. But growing up and becoming a mature son. So we walk around. Man, authority and character of the Father. All right. I'm going to come to a close in just a little bit. I'm, yeah. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody? Can't get off this. If I only know Jesus, or know Jesus, God, as El Shaddai, my nurturer and my caregiver, then I'll go through life and all I do is pray for God to meet my need. And if all I know Him as is Yahweh, the lawgiver, then I'm constantly trying to produce righteousness in my flesh. Why? Because I'm afraid he's going to put the hammer down on me. 
living for God out of fear, man. And the fear of the, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, so that's good. You with me here? But at some point, I'm maturing, and I'm not just concerned about him getting my need met. And I'm not just concerned about keeping rules. But I've matured into a place where I walk out there and understand my purpose for existence is to bring sons and daughters into the kingdom. But not just into the kingdom, but to give them keys of the kingdom. Help them understand the kingdom of God and the operation of God in kingdom, authority and power. Man, how can I win a soul? Bible study. Sister Lord, she's gone crazy. I'm going to call her the mama of the church. In a good sense. She has gone crazy. She's got three Bible studies she's teaching right now. She's got a fourth one that wants a Bible study. We're going to have to pass the baton maybe to Sister Sonia. Let her t- help Sister Lloyd. This mama has gone crazy in childbirth. She's carrying seed in her. I need a man. Somebody stand up. A man. Any man. Any man. You have seed in you. You have a seed in you. You have seed in you. You have, this is not gender. You should be pregnant. Ready to reproduce. Sons into the kingdom and then sons of the kingdom that manifest the king. That's your whole purpose then when you get in that place of father. Oh God, praise God. Not just have, go, go and get my needs met. Have will follow some more rules. Give God a hand clap praise. Praise God. Now watch this. Okay, Revelation 2. Verse 7. To he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh. Say, this is, this dimension I'm talking about is for only those who overcome. You got to, and it tells you what all you got to overcome in these passages. You got to overcome the Jezebel spirit. You got to overcome the spirit of the Nicolaitans. You got to overcome the spirit of Balaam. There's a lot of things you're going to have to overcome to move in that place. Because all of those spirits of Balaam or Jezebel, etc., etc., are there to steal your ability to know God in that level. You understand what I'm saying? So you've got to overcome them. How? As sons of Elion. Spirit, get out of here in the name of Jesus. You're subject to me in the name of Jesus, the, the son of Elion. In fact, he is Elion. Get out of here. You don't just set a nest in your house. They are subject to you through what? The name. You got to get them out of there, man. And we're not, listen to me, we're not talking about people. We're not, you got to understand, spirit, soul, body. When I talk about the spirit of Jezebel, I said, oh boy, y'all get offended. I'm talking about people who have given themselves to that, that type of nature, that type of spirit. They need to be delivered. That's not who they are. 
They need to be set free from that. But somehow along the way, these things have got a hold of them. Demon. The real person is inside. That's what we're talking about. Spiritual regeneration. I got to tell every one of you right now that I see you physically in the body, but the real you is inside of you. And I got to somehow, the Word of God, listen, the Word of God is the sperma. The Word of God is the seed. When it goes forth, it impregnates into your spirit. And it brings, brings the real you. Your spirit man regenerates your spirit man and brings you out who you really are. That thing that all those demons are trying to suppress. And all those problems and circumstances have tried to hinder. Are y'all with me here? Okay, let me get, I got to try to bring this thing to an end. Verse 7. He that had the living hand with the Spirit saith unto the church is to him that overcometh. That is a word for the, for the most holy place. Well, I give to eat of the hidden manna. Say manna. Oh, isn't that interesting? The word manna. I told you this in, in the book of Esther. That manna has in it the word man. And so they said, what is it? When it fell from the heavens, the bread from heaven. They said, what is it? But literally it should be, who is it? Man. Who is this man? Who is this seed of God that came down from heaven? They said, it looks like coriander Seed or coriander sperma. A passion for seed. A passion for generation. And so they took the manna. The seed, the coriander seed, sperma. And they ground it in a meal. The word of God is the sperma or the seed that goes forth. And it has to be ground up in a meal. Which means I've got to grind it up for you and feed it to you. But when you get the Word of God, the Word of God impregnates you. You become pregnant to mature as a son of God. To manifest the character and authority of your father. And the ability to reproduce sons in the kingdom. By how? The Word of God. By the Word. The sower went forth to sow. The seed. The word seed there doesn't talk about earthly seed. It's literally the word is sperm. The sower goes forth to sow. Sperma. What is that sperm of God? It is the Word of God. So yeah, your spirit say, But when you come in here, the Word, the sperm goes forth. What for? To save your soul. And as long as you let that process of the grinding of the mill take place, your soul is being saved by the Word of God. And as long as you submit yourself to that word, be it unto me, be it unto thy handmaiden. Mary said, be it unto me according to thy word. And so when she said, be according to thy word, she was with child of the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because she not only received the word in her, but she submitted to the word. When she submitted, be it unto me. When she said that, she was with child. So when you come in here and you hear the word, and then you submit to the word, you become with child. Who is that child? 
Jesus in you. So you go forth manifesting. You got it, you got it, you got it, right? Here we go. To him that overcometh, say overcometh. Well, I give to you the hidden manna. I'm going to give you that seed. And we'll give him a white stone. The carriers of the seed is the stone. I'm going to give you seed and I'm going to give you the ability to carry seed. A white stone. See, we read these things and all we think about is just natural stones and natural bread. But God gave us the natural to preach to us spiritual truth. So he said, I'm going to give you a seed and I'm going to give you the ability to carry seed. Are you here? Wow, God's good, isn't he? And in the stone, a new name written. Hallelujah. Which no man knoweth save and he that receiveth it. You got it? No wonder this guy was excited. He's going to give me a name. In it, a new name written. He's going to give me a new name. He's going to give me a seed, a generation, and I'm a eunuch. Wow. I'm going to be taken from the prison house of debtors. He's going to pay the price for me. And I'm going to produce seed in this earth. Spiritual seed like Jesus. And not only can I, can I, you know, I couldn't enter in the temple there in Jerusalem. But now I'm going to become the temple. Who is this about? I want to be baptized. If you believe with all your heart. Passionate about it. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. God praise. And I can be his seed. I can be numbered among the great. He's going to get He's going to give me the ability to go forth carrying seed, sowing seed. Give me a name. You know what that man went back to Ethiopia? You know, you kind of wonder here in Acts 8 why God would send Philip to, to uh, the desert when he was in Samaria having a great revival. Souls getting delivered from demon spirits. Why? We explained that to you last week. So that your purpose could be fulfilled. <sighs> Miracles taking place. People getting born again in the water. Baptized in Jesus' name. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And in the midst of that great revival, God said, go out to the desert. And all that's out there is one man. He's a eunuch. Give him understanding. He's a great man in the queen's palace. When he went back to, Europe, to Ethiopia, that when he went back, he started one of the biggest churches of his day. In fact, it's very possible that the great move of God that's taking place in Teclamerium, there in Ethiopia, and hundreds and thousands of souls coming into the kingdom of God in Ethiopia today, 
being baptized in his name, filled with the Holy Ghost, coming in the understanding of the oneness of God under Tecla Miriam's ministry there. That it started right here in the book of Acts. So he left it there, regenerated, carrying seed, preached that seed to Ethiopia. And as a result of that, there's a huge, huge revival in Ethiopia today. Give God a hand clap praise. No wonder he's excited, man. Go to Matthew 1 and then Matthew 19. Now I'm closing. Aren't you excited about life? Isn't it neat to know that you have a purpose for being here? And it's not just get your needs met. Now listen. It's not just to get your needs met. And just so you can find out all the rules. And try to live every rule. But it's so that you'll mature up in Christ. And manifest the authority and character of God. Now we believe in holiness. But holiness, that's another message. Holiness is not just following a bunch of rules. If all you do is go through life trying to keep a bunch of rules, then you are a son of the law. And you, are not, you have not recognized you are a son of Elyon. Now look at this church, everybody who's worried about what I just said, and see if we preach holiness or not. Matthew 1, let's go there. Can I tell you something? I'm just going to give it to you right now. You know what? I don't stand up here preaching holiness all the time. I don't do it. Don't have to. Because the church is maturing. And they are reproducing other sons in the kingdom that are just like them. Give God praise. Some church you go to, all you ever hear preached is all the rules. Well, some of those churches need it. And some of you need it. Y'all are just, you just, you just, your mind's messed up now. Matthew, what? You're crazy now, huh? (coughs) Not that you weren't before. Yeah. 117, let's go there. So all the generations... From Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David into the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon to Christ are 14 generations. You have two Christs in the Bible. Really, you have three Christs in the Bible. I'll mess with your mind some more. You have the Christ. Jesus Christ. You have Antichrist. And then you have the body of Christ. (laughs) 
the body of Christ. Okay, so we have 14 generations from who to who? Say generation is a passion for generation. Verse 1 says this is the book of the generation of who? Jesus. <coughs> passion for generation. The book of the generation of Jesus. It goes through all of these names, right? For, so from Abraham to David are how many generations? 14. And from David until they carried away to Babylon are how many? 14. How many is that? 28. And for the carried away into Babylon and to Christ are 14. How many is that? 3 times 14 is what? 42. Very good. Unto who? Christ. Count the names. When you get to Jesus, He is not the 42nd name. He is the 41st name. Christ is the 42nd name. Which we're talking about there, then not just Jesus, the Christ. We're talking about His body. So that you are the generation of Jesus Christ. Who's described as a spiritual eunuch. Count him. Count him. The 42nd name is not Jesus. It's Christ. You are His seed. Now let's, let's close by going to Matthew 19. There is a passion for generation. Not just for birthing, but to bring people into the place of the sons of Elion, the sons of manifestation, the sons of maturity. That's the point. You should have a passion, not just to get saved, but a passion to manifest Jesus in His fullness. You should have a passion not just to get your needs met and not just to try to follow rules. You should have a passion that Jesus can be seen in you, His character and His authority. Hey, I see, I see Abba in you. Abba, Father, I see Daddy in you. It's taken a long time, but I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, thank God I'm not either. Hallelujah. Seriously. You had fathers according to the flesh. You have fathers according to the spirit. You have a spiritual father and a father of the flesh. If you were subject to your physical father, the book of Hebrews said you should also be subject to your spiritual father. Got it? Hallelujah. But y'all look at your neighbor and say, you're starting to look more and more like daddy. Hallelujah. And for some of you, that means that all you have is the seed implanted into you. You haven't even been born yet. But when somebody sat down and taught you a Bible study, they put the sperm of God in you. Now, I know that's hard for you to accept. Because you are begotten by the Word. Not by philosophy. Not by how nice the weather is or how what all. You are begotten by the Word. That's why when you teach the Bible, say you teach the Word. You don't sit there and talk about all their problems. They want you to talk about all their problems, fix all of their... No, 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 no. You're trying to begot, make them begotten. You're trying to conceive them. 
And the only way that can happen is by the Word of God. Sit down and teach you the Word of God. So some of you have been conceived. You're sitting here right now. You're conceived. And you're on your way to being born. And then when you get born, hopefully, you know, then you become children. Toddlers. And then uh, uh, teenagers. And then adults. And growing up more and more. And you become more and more like Jesus. Character and authority. Now here's, I just can't shut up. The enemy many times comes here and he tries to say, I, I adjure you by God. Elohim. To, to limit. He's trying to limit what I say. See, I understand that Jesus is the son of Elohim. He can't shut me down. And there are people who come here. And they come under the influence of the powers of darkness. The waster that God created to destroy. They come under his influence and they try to shut me down. But they can't shut me down. Yeah, I recognize you're a created being. I recognize you got a job and a reason for being here. But you can't shut me down because I'm a son of Elion. God's good. When y'all preach, when you stand and you preach, or you teach a Bible study, understand those demons are there. They are created by God to... For a purpose to fulfill a job. And they'll try to shut you down. Where do they get the right, the right to invoke the authority of God towards Jesus? By being creatures, creation. And they'll try to do that. You got Fight you try to shut it down <coughs> example i was supposed to have a bible study some of y'all are so used to 30 minute sermons you don't know what to do with me i don't preach sermonettes sermonettes are for little baby christianettes anyway anyway had a bible study scheduled thursday man their whole electricity goes down. On a Thursday. You ever notice that? On a Wednesday is when you got your problem. When you're supposed to be at church on a Wednesday. That's when your problem rises up. On a Sunday. When you're supposed to hear the seed. The word of God go forth. That's when it happens. I'm telling you. I get calls all the time. People, they just get sick on Sunday. Or on Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday. Not sick. <clears throat> Thursday, Friday. See them out. Playing baseball. Get ready to have a Bible study. All kinds of chaos breaks out. Because the enemy, demon powers rise up and try to shut that down. You got to know who you are. You got to overcome that. So you know what I did? I said, okay, your business has been shut down by electricity being cut off. I'm opening the doors to our church building. And you can have your business in our church building. Because I'm after them. I should say God is after them. 
I came over. To, it, was a, it was a Friday morning. They said, Pastor, they said we were supposed to have Bible study. We couldn't have Bible study. They said, the devil's coming against it. said, our electricity got shut completely down. I said, you, all right. I left here, and God spoke to me. He said, open up the dining hall for them. Open up the dining hall. So they had their business all day long here at our church. I'm believing God's going to bring them into the kingdom. See, enemy trying to shut it down. Now you can't shut it down. He's the God of heaven and earth. He's a chart. You are the you are you are the body of Christ. You are His generation, carrying seed. All right, closing with this. Hallelujah, man! I'm doing very good. Can you believe it's only twelve <laughs> fifteen? Oh, I don't know if this clock's been changed since daylight savings time, but. Watch this. Okay, here we go. Matthew 19. Verse 8. He said unto Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. His disciples say unto him. Now here's the context. Watch. His disciples say unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. Man, if it's that binding. Mm. Now, I'm not going to teach you the marriage customs of that day. But, but he said unto them, all, ye, all men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. Not every man has the same purpose and call in their life. Not, not everybody can fulfill certain missions because they don't have the mantle to do it. Not all men cannot receive, all men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. And there are some eunuchs which are made eunuchs of men and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake he that is able to receive it let him receive it which means this some people were born physically in the body as eunuchs some men were castrated by other men that can happen spiritually There are some people that were born with deformity. They weren't born right in the kingdom. And then there are some who are born right in the kingdom who grow up and are castrated by their fathers. They're preachers. Ooh. How? By preaching to them the gospel of circumcision. To Paul was committed the gospel of uncircumcision. You don't get it. I'm not talking. I'm talking about law preachers. Law preachers. Law preachers. That's all they preach is law. With me? They don't preach the finished work of the cross. So by them, come on, they, they are the circumcision. They preach the law to the point that they castrate their sons. 
and make them unable to reproduce in the kingdom. And because those preachers, they may not, they may not be law preachers. They may be preachers who never imparted the word into their sons. So their sons cannot reproduce. The only way sons are reproduced is if the word, the seed of God, is imparted into them. And that's by, done by fathers, not by children. And because of that, they've been circumcised by ministry, law preachers, and those who will not impart word to them, seed to them. This is talking to somebody here. They won't preach the word. All they preach is just the rule. That's it. I wish you. I'm getting revelation off this passage. God's giving me revelation here. There are some that are not born right. There are some who are born right, but who are castrated by their fathers, by men. And then there are some eunuchs that are that way by choice. For the kingdom of heaven's sake, which means this. They have placed themselves in a position of taking care of the queen. Taking care of the bride. And not flirting with her. They understand the bride belongs to Christ. And they won't flirt with her. They won't prostitute her. The message today in many churches that are preached is a message of prostitution. They prostitute themselves. They sell out. Oh, I'm not going to get into that. They preach for just money. When they see the people, all they see is dollar figures. That's it. So the minister's prostituted and he prostitutes the people. <clears throat> so he will not stand up and preach the truth because he's worried about other things. But a eunuch is a man who has willingly or by choice put himself into a place that he's trying to produce a generation for God. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about God. It's about His kingdom. It's about the kingdom of heaven. He won't flirt with her. He won't go into another man. Oh, he won't go into another man's harem. I'm going to talk to some of you preachers. Talk to you right now. You ever go somewhere and you preach... You be sure where that set man is on, on you going and praying for his people. You be sure exactly where, he's, where he stands on what he wants you to do when you get there. You know, when I go to Taiwan, the first time I went to Taiwan, and me and Brother Edmonds have great respect for each other, Brother Edmonds put it like this. He said, Brother Carter, he said, my people will not understand if you go lay hands on them. They will not understand that because we don't do that. We don't let everybody lay hands on them. So he said, as we're led by the Spirit, though, he said, we will have opportunities and you can minister to them. 
You know what I did? I stood up there and I preached the Word of God. When I got through, I just watched the man of God go. <laughs> I watched the man of God go because they didn't belong to me. Those people didn't belong to me. They belonged to God. And they had a set man, a father in the house that was placed over them by God. And for me to interfere with that is to flirt with his harem. So I watched the man of God go. And I'm saying this to all of us, not just to one or two, to all. I watched him go after I preached. He said, come on over here, Brother Carter. Let's pray for this. Poo. When we started praying. And there was power and there was authority there. But I am not about to not be a eunuch in another man's house. I will not flirt with his people because I'm not placed in charge of his harem. So you hear what I'm telling you right now? Y'all go out and preach. Brother Andy back there. Same thing, man. You watch that set, man. You with me here? Give God praise. But you have to make yourself a eunuch for the kingdom of heaven's sake. I'm not going to flirt with the bride. This is God's church. This is another man serene. Ooh, give God praise. When I went to Ohio, I don't know, I don't know how this, I'm almost through, I promise you. This is my last verse to expound upon. But when I went to Ohio, I don't know why this happened. But as soon as me and Brother Daniel walked, my bodyguard, you know, he, know, he, looked, like a, he looked like a bodyguard, don't he? Walked in there, people just started flocking to us. And I'm talking about the dinner they had before the service, the, the special dinner. They just flocked to us there. And we sat down at the table, minding our own little business, not trying to get involved with anybody, not trying to, you know, flirt with anybody. But they started coming and sitting at our table. One minister came, man, he sat down at our table. A couple came sitting down at our table. And she had questions about certain things. And in that particular house, the bishop he don't preach, a, 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 you know, a whole lot of rules. Okay? I'm just telling you. But I know the authority that's in that man. And they sit down at my table, and they wanted me to enter into a discussion with them about certain uh, holiness things. I said, well, let me tell you, this is what I believe, but he's the man of God here. Your bishop is the one who sets the standards in this house. Not me. You with me? You think I'm about to even begin to start trying to cause problems for that bishop? You're crazy. I'll find myself under the judgment of God. Because I'm flirting with his harem. That he's preparing for the kingdom of God. And I said this. I can tell one thing. You are a woman of God. Your husband's a man of God. Amen. Are you here with me now? I might not agree with everything that the bishop does or, or says or whatever. I may not agree with it, but when I go into his house, that's his house. That's his harem that he's preparing for Jesus. I'm not going to flirt with them. And if I have anything to say, I always point him back to the, to the man of God. Give God praise. Does this help any of you? <laughs> 
You have to really make yourself a eunuch concerning the kingdom of heaven. God, the kingdom of heaven also is relationship to the church. In various places that you go and different people that you're involved in in ministry. Hello, somebody. But today, see, we don't understand order and the ways of God. You think when Brother Edmonds told me that, that I got offended? Oh, Brother Edmonds, don't you know I'm a man of God? I'm a prophet sitting here to towel. Are you? You're funny. You got funny thinking. I said, yes, sir. Woo. Apostle to Taiwan. Woo. Ta. Wow. He's an apostle to Taiwan. I ain't going to mess with him or his, or his harem. I'm here to follow orders, sir. That's, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you walk in these things, you will be blessed with authority and character. Because you'll manifest the seed of Jesus. Who was a spiritual eunuch in the kingdom of God. He didn't flirt with Mary Magdalene. He didn't have daughters or sons naturally. He didn't flirt with Mary Magdalene. He didn't get married to Mary Magdalene. He didn't have a relationship with Mary Magdalene. Priory Zion out of Europe is going to produce the Antichrist. They claim that Jesus' seed can be found in Europe. It's called Priory Zion. It will produce Antichrist. He did not get married. I'm still doing good on time. Don't worry. And some will say, well, Jesus, you know, he must have <coughs> had relationships with women because when he was here, the Bible said in the Gospels that the women gave him to him of their substance. And they pervert that word to mean that they gave him, you know, their physical bodies. Jesus was a man who never got married. And never had a physical relationship. Natural generation. He brought in a spiritual seed. And he's among the great. So honey, you come in here and you try to shut me down. Try to shut that preaching down. Yeah, you got a job to do and you got work to do. But the God, the Most High God. And the Son of the Most High God, El Elyon. Overcomes that. You understand what I'm saying? I'm glad. I have got a passion for a spiritual generation of men and women that are not just brought in the kingdom, but that grow up and mature. Who are not going through life just wanting, wanting El Shaddai to supply all of their little needs. Or trying to keep a bunch of rules all the time. Honey, I couldn't, I couldn't give you enough rules to make you live for God. It's got to come out of a spiritual impartation of the word. You got to come from within. And yeah, we preach the commandments of God. Yes, we will. But you need to understand maturity. You love Jesus? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hey.
Brother Jonathan, you got that message? You got that message, brother? When, when you're out there preaching and the glory of God's coming down, man. <clears throat> There's a man, great apostle, great prophet that came and preached at our church over on Brazos. I never had him back. You know why? Because he didn't understand what I'm talking about. In my own church. Now listen. In my own church. Because I wasn't in his particular organization. He came and preached for us. But some of his preacher friends came because he's famous in their movement. Set in my church. You know what he did? He had those men. He stood behind the pulpit and preached the word. And it was powerful. It was anointed. It was God's word. But he had some men in his organization go lay hands on my people. I said, that's it. He's not coming back. You don't understand that. I know you don't. You think it's just about jealousy that I have. I'm jealous. Honey, if God wanted me to, if he told me to, I'd walk out of here today. Knowing he'd put somebody in here as a father over you. It's not about me trying to possess you. It's about understanding authority and character of God in spiritual generation and the maturing of sons and daughters in the kingdom. Hello, somebody. Are y'all okay? Are y'all okay? Y'all love Jesus? So I thought it was awesome when Bishop Wagner, some of his men, stood up and said this. When we go to the hospital, they are pastors in that church. When we go to the hospital, we don't go in our own name. We go in the name of the man of God. We don't represent ourselves. We represent the man of God. They promote the vision that's in that house, not their own vision. And so Matthew 19 is in relationship to what I'm telling you. That I, as a pastor... I'm not to prostitute you. I'm supposed to prepare you to be sons in the kingdom. You understand? And also has to do with my relationship to other assemblies. Whew. You have to willingly choose to be a eunuch. Oh, but I want to I reproduce. I just got it in me. I just got it in me. Just got it in me. Just got it in me. Well, we're going to take it. At, no, not really. I love y'all. God love y'all. This your friend, your teacher, the Bible study too. We're so glad you're here. You know, I sense that you probably understood as much as anybody in this house about what I said. That's because there's been a conception taking place in your life and in your spirit. See, when that seed, that word hits your spirit, it leaps. It leaps. Well, y'all had too much seed today? Stand up. Oh, y'all look so tired, so worn out. I didn't go to bed till 3.30 last night studying the names of God. But I feel like a baby. Hallelujah. I feel like... I mean, I was, I was studying the names of God 17 hours yesterday, not boasting myself. I'm trying to impart something into you. If you're going to know the Word, you've got to spend time with it. 
And my point is this, okay? 17 hours on the name of God and didn't have really anything to do with what I preached today until I stood up here this morning and God said, this is why you study the names of God because it does go with what you're going to preach this morning. I was taken, I was, it was risky because I, I sat there at 3.30. I haven't even looked at the eunuch. And I said, I got up this morning, went to prayer and I said, God, I said, you know, I have a zeal for the names of God. Please don't hold this against me. Help me today to preach. So by the grace of God, I stood up here squirming like a worm at the beginning. <laughs> but see, God so awesome because His anointing His Word can bring it together. And I just praise God for that. And that seed, when it goes forth, it gives power for just something. Something starts happening inside of you, man. So I love y'all very, very much. And we'll see y'all tonight. And boy, you're getting out early. I don't know what you're going to do with yourself today. 1235, man. That's a miracle. We'll see y'all tonight, all right? Y'all pray. 5 to 530, Bible study. Bible study on what is believing. 530 to 6, prayer. 6, and who knows when. Church. Love y'all. Good to have our guests with us. God bless y'all. We're glad y'all were with us today. In Jesus' name, you are dismissed till tonight. Hallelujah.